Good morning. My name is Ariana Dennison, and I'm the Outreach and Parent Mentor Coordinator. And I'm Natalie Coughlin, the Manager of Development and Communications at Maternal and Child Health Consortium of Chester County, your family health resource. Thank you so much to everyone who tuned in last month for our episode, New Year, New Plan, as we discussed MCHC's plans for 2021 and current needs in our community. This month, we have two very special guests with us, Jim Mercanti and Joan Holliday, who have started an initiative to bring Wi-Fi and internet connectivity to everyone in Chester County, Pennsylvania. After beginning community collaborations at the start of the lockdown in March, they identified the needs for families to have internet accessibility as education and work became virtual for many. Since then, they have begun collaboration to address this problem, identified specific areas with need, and reached out to legislators and county commissioners to begin talks on providing internet access everywhere. So now we can turn it to Joan and Jim to hear more about their efforts, their challenges, and their end goal. So would you two like to introduce yourselves? Good morning, everyone. My name is Jim Canty. I am a retired business executive. And for the last five or six years, I've been active in the Kennett Square community as a community volunteer and advocate. Initially with the Kennett Square YMCA as a board member and then as vice chair and board chair for a couple of years and lately with the Southern Chester County Opportunity Network, of which I will speak a little bit more after Joan introduces herself. Thank you, Jim. Uh, my name is Joan Holliday. Um, I've been blessed, actually, to be part of the Kennett Square Southern Chester County community since 1981. I started as a public health nurse and worked in that community for 32 years. My role was to make home visits. Uh, so I've been uh, down on the ground with a lot of what I call the vulnerable community for many years. Um, we're the mushroom capital of the world in Kennett Square, so we have a lot of migrant workers that come to serve the industry. And I was, again, very, very blessed to be able to go into these homes, become part of their lives. Um, but I always did see the disparity of so many things. And, uh, I retired in 2014 and continued my, my work in the community. I started a group called Bridging the Community, where everyone would come together to kind of work on issues of the community and help people get access to whatever they need. So it was a natural thing for me when SCON formed, and Jim will talk about SCON. Um, I started to attend the meetings during the pandemic and recognized that this was a good time to get involved in this internet equity because it really is the thing to me that's going to help our families um, move forward and, and become part of the broader community. And I also continue with the bridging, which I think uh, is so important that everyone feels they have a role to play in the community. I've been active with the Southern Chester County Opportunity Network, or as, John, as Joan said, SCON, S-C-C-O-N, for about two years and have been involved with Joan on a couple of initiatives that she started, specifically around kindergarten readiness or early childhood education, which was recognized by Joan and others in the education community in the school districts as a significant need. Briefly stated, what, it, what its goal is, is to get children who are pre-K acclimated to the school environment early on in their academic careers so that when they get into kindergarten, they are well prepared to take advantage of the opportunities that kindergarten provides to kids and then prepared to go into first grade and throughout their educational career. 
Scan, uh, as uh, the pandemic became more front and center, started a weekly COVID-19 community call uh, on Thursday morning at 8 a.m. that brought about 60 different social service agencies together to talk about common needs. These could be anything from food needs to donations to diapers to things that perhaps might have to do with uh, transportation, technology, whatever it may be. Uh, that started probably in March or April of 2020. About uh, July or August, Joan and I recognized at one of these calls that there was significant concern in the community because of the virtual learning environment that was going to be rolled out by the school districts due to the pandemic and obviously social uh, self-isolation and social distancing. And we recognized that there was a real need to address some of these issues as a separate initiative in the committee, in the community. So Joan and I formed this group called the Education Discovery Group that consists of three different groups, one being the parent education group, another being learning pods, and the third being technology work group. For the sake of this conversation, we'll focus on the technology work group. And we met probably every week or every other week throughout the fall and early winter. And it became clear that in addition to the excellent work that the school dis districts were doing in distributing computers and hotspots and setting up help desks, that there were still significant members of our community who did not have access to the internet or could not afford access to the internet, even though various internet service providers, most notably Comcast, was offering the Internet Essentials program at a reduced rate, and the school, especially in the Kennett School District, was subsidizing some of those. So we have uh, decided that the Internet is a basic need or right in the community, and we formed what we call the Internet Equity Advocacy Group. Um, and to the best of our knowledge, this may be one of the few groups in Southern Chester County that is addressing this particular issue. But it has become clear to us that this needs to have the attention of local municipalities, the county, the state officials, if it in fact is going to get the same level of attention that is required so that internet can be a tool that can be used by everybody in our community. Well, we decided, Jim and I together, and we were lucky enough to have um, Township Supervisor Whitney Hoffman say that she had very she was very interested in this effort, so she wanted to join us. So uh, and she gave a lot of clung to it because she was a municipal person. So we decided let's let's have a Zoom meeting inviting all the municipalities in Southern Chester County. There's something like 22 municipalities or townships or boroughs. Lots of little postage stamps in our small <laughs> little section here. And that was all set up a long time ago uh, as governing bodies. But we did get a good turnout. We got community people there and we got the schools there. And we had a PowerPoint presentation. And in this presentation, uh, we felt like we were sharing the story of what we had been hearing. This was January 21st when we had this meeting. We thought we were telling the story that we had been hearing since the uh, lockdown in March. And we felt like uh, it was not a new story to us, but it was a new story to many people coming. In fact, they didn't think they had internet problems in their different areas. 
So we shared pictures of children that, first of all, didn't even have desks in their place, in their um, homes to be able to set up a computer. We showed, we talked about students that had to sit outside on their porch to get internet access. We talked about the hotspots that were being passed out by the schools, which was a real godsend, but at the same time, that was inadequate in the home. We had one or two poor people working on it, and parents were trying to do work. Um, we just presented the whole scenario that happens in a home that's vulnerable and doesn't have even a separate space for school. You know? uh, some of the places were older, and so they had brick walls, and so some of the inter internet connection wasn't good. Some people were living on farms, mushroom farms, where their trailers were not connected. To, there was no internet access from the road, any cable that came from the road. So we started to work very closely with the schools uh, to find out what they were doing. And we did feel like they did a heroic job in, in working out. This. So we explained that to, uh, to this group at this meeting. We said, you know, they actually uh, got people lower cost internet services. Um, they could sign up for that. They had hotspots that they could loan them. And they developed tech people in every school system that parents could call and they had to be bilingual. And then there were people that were not in made home visits. So we talked about how well the schools had addressed it, but it all felt short term. Our Whitney Hoffman helped us elaborate our concern that this is the future. This is the future for business, it's the future for nonprofits. If we don't have internet access, we don't have any, we don't have connection connection to the world. And our feeling is if we want equitable living, then everyone needs to have that access. They have to have literacy, and they have to be able to afford it. So that's what we presented to this group, and we asked them, "How can you help us?" That was kind of our quest. And they said, "Come back with us to us with a more specific ask. This is too general. We appreciate." information you gave us, but we want something more specific. As you might expect, uh, once we started down this path of developing an advocacy presentation and, and raising the awareness, as Joan said, initially at the municipality level, and Joan will talk about the next level of awareness raising, which is the March 4th presentation, uh, we started to do research into what is available in other communities? Is there anything that we could learn from that other places have done? And I will just give you uh, three different examples um, that uh, have proved very beneficial to us. The first one is called Chicago Connected. And this started a number of years ago. It is a very massive sort of undertaking in the um, millions of dollars, so to speak, as they have traverse this digital equity issue. They are intent over the next year or so in providing digital access to 100,000 households and families in the urban Chicago city area who have not had access to the internet prior to the Chicago Connected initiative. Interestingly enough, Chicago has in fact also collaborated or shared information with another organization called the Marconi Society, which has a similar ambition for the city of Cleveland. So the Marconi Society in Cleveland has again started a rollout, digital equity rollout throughout Cleveland is making great progress. In addition, when we talk to those two groups, 
They also referred us to a group in the city of Philadelphia. And uh, just recently, we talked to the folks in the city of Philadelphia. They have a three-pronged approach. One is something called PHL or Philadelphia Connect, very similar to Chicago Connected in trying to connect, if you will, many, many of the families in the inner cities in Philadelphia to the internet, some of whom have never either had the internet or have limited access to the internet. They also have as part of their umbrella initiative, what is called a digital equity initiative, which is beyond just education to provide digital access to every citizen in the city of Philadelphia. And of course, most of the citizens who do not have internet access, unfortunately, are those who are low income. Some may not speak English. So it's a, it's a very challenging sort of environment. In addition, they have instituted, just like the Marconi Society and Chicago Connected, a separate digital literacy alliance. They haven't, in fact, gotten public and private funding. They are also in the hundreds of thousands of dollars of funding to be able to implement this particular digital literacy program. What's interesting is that in all of these different research, what we have found is that the community-based organizations that are taking on the bulk of the digital literacy initiative actually have been employed. People in the community have been employed to go through a rigorous training and then to go out and are actually funded to go out into the community and conduct formal digital literacy programs. Some of those today, of course, might have to be by Zoom, uh, God willing, when the vaccines are rolled out, these may be in person. But digital literacy will be an ongoing challenge and an ongoing opportunity because as new people come into the community, they may or may not have the level of digital literacy required to make effective use of the Internet. In addition, there's another organization called the National Digital Inclusion Alliance. It is a coast-to-coast uh, -coast sort of initiative focused more on the federal government working with the Federal Communications Commission and uh, the Federal Trade Commission, working with internet service providers, lobbying members of Congress, the Communications and Tele Telecommunications Committee in Congress to make them aware of the breadth and the scope of the digital equity issue, especially as it relates to low income and in some cases seniors in the community and articulating that it is both a technology connect issue as well as a digital literacy issue. You may be aware that the Biden administration is proposing a multi-billion dollar initiative as well to provide subsidies for folks who otherwise cannot afford access to the internet. So what we have found as we have started this initiative and done our research is that it is very much in the spotlight, both in the local, the county, the state, and the federal arena. And there are numerous organizations that are working together, which we will collaborate with as we move forward with this initiative, so that we can, in effect, provide a digital equity and digital inclusion capability throughout all of Chester County, not just Southern Chester County, but all of Chester County. Yeah.
thank you. Um, we've been very lucky to, at the tech, the key tech people in the school districts have been willing to be in our committees and talk with us and keep us, actually they're teaching us about technology at a deeper level. But um, one of the comments one of the tech people made from one of the, from Kennedy High School, Dan McGuire, he said, you know, we were working on this idea of inclusivity around uh, technology for all children. But he said that was on a five-year plan. Now we're on a immediate plan. It's very important that we move forward now. So there is an urgency that we're feeling from the schools, we're feeling from the parents, and we're feeling actually now the, the Congress people are getting on, on board with that, as, as Jim talked about, and that the funding is probably going to be there. There's CARES funding that can be applied to some of what we, we're talking about here for developing an assessment, to develop um, a plan and, and implementation. So we're going to try to seize the moment on all of this sort of thing. We called together a meeting for March 4th. We're getting a great response from the senators and representatives from our area in Southern Chester County, but beyond. And what we've learned through our, our interactions is that there is a provider in Chester County called ChessCodeNet that just provides internet services to schools, some of the more public places like libraries, maybe police stations, other places like that, but not to the individual homes. But they have been working, um, the schools themselves have wonderful internet service. They're willing to work with us to start looking at how we can expand that into the home setting. Also, the CCIU takes responsibility for the internet access in the, in the schools in, in, in the area. So we think we may have a provider that could actually take some leadership, take the, take the ownership of this, and um, then we would all work together. Our vision is actually to develop a coalition of a cross-section of people that are affected by this, from, from uh, governmental uh, uh, people to, to, the, to the provider, to uh, the people, the, the residents that are having issues, um, to get input into this. We also know that there's a, several firms that can go out and do a good assessment of where the problems are. When we have this meeting on the 4th, we're going to start being more specific about our ask. We are going to ask that we have a coalition that we can form, that we get a key agency that starts leading it, and that we look for funding, that we really start applying for funding. And just because we've started this effort, we're starting to get interest with all of Chester County, so we're going to have some tech people attending from other school districts beyond Southern Chester County. And I think we can all learn together what's the best model for doing this. Um, what's interesting is it's hard to get the data of where the homes, it's one by one by one, you know, where the homes aren't getting the right service. There's a lot of factors that affect that. So getting a firm to come in that would assess that and help us understand what kind of cell services that is, are they getting, what kind of cable service are they getting, are they getting any kind of service. That will help us. At the same time, at this meeting, we're going to try to give the model that Coney Society has presented around literacy, um, uh, tech literacy. Uh, their model to me is such an excellent one because it involves the grassroots. It really does get down to the bottom of people that have the trust with the, with the residents in the community. It's training actually people that are residents so that they can help neighbor and paying them for that as a job 
because it's an important job. So hopefully that whole plan that we're presenting on the 4th will be something that will get wheels to it and we'll start moving forward. Um, because like I said, there's an urgency and there's a there's a interest that's high. So we have high hope for it. We can keep you updated on that. Our feeling, Jim and I say we're advocates. We're not leading this process. We're organizing it and we're building the momentum. But we need someone to take the lead. We need someone, some uh, group to, to take the stewards of this, uh, to continue ongoing because we have we've got some good patchwork solutions for a lot of technology that's not going to last forever. So we still have to meet those needs in the short term, but we want a long-term solution. We'd like people to have robust internet services ongoingly, and that it does become, um, as, as Jim will talk about, uh, a public utility, just like we use electricity and we have water. It's something that every home should have access to. One of the things that we're going to bring out is an education for this. Townships have power around codes and, and permissions for people coming in and developing. Um, they could start setting up a standard that if any developer comes in, they also have to ensure there's good internet access to those apartments, to that uh, development of homes, that any new construction is including um, thoughtful, thoughtful thinking about internet access. Um, we still have to go backwards. There's some kind of uh, infrastructure that's been um, it's been installed in the early 60s or 70s, and so that's starting to get old. And maybe that's not um, conveying internet uh, juice as well as it should be. That has to be looked at. So it's a it's a whole system that we're trying to evaluate and address, and and have it be sustainable. So those are the key um, qualities that. We out of this effort. So Jim, I'm going to go back to you to talk about just uh, the idea of it being a social justice issue, that it's something that is beyond just a, a fun or interesting thing to be doing. <laughs> well, as, as Joan uh, articulated, you know, uh, as we come up to this March 4th meeting, um, Joan and I are fortunate to have uh, such a great group of people in Southern Chester County, such as MCHC, that are helping us with this particular initiative in some form or fashion. But it is clear that this is not something that can be run by volunteers. This needs to have a county agency supported and enfranchised by the county and also supported by the state and perhaps also taking advantage, as Joan said, of the funding that's available at both the county and the state level, as well as perhaps the federal level. So our goal is, as we look down the road, to have a, an identified county agency that is responsible for technology oversight and management in Chester County. And as all of you probably know, technology advances typically come at a pretty fast pace. So this is an ongoing county agency that would be looking at technology and advising the municipalities, school districts, and other public organizations on things to be considered as technology advances allow for either more cost-effective ways to access technology, better ways to get to rural communities, 
to take advantage of uh, technology such as advances in cellular technology, 5G technology, or perhaps satellite uh, access as well. Now, as you probably are aware, though, I mean, let's just take one example. If you said that, well, 5G technology is going to be here, cellular technology is going to be here in a couple of years, that is dependent upon you having a 5G device, a device that can do 5G. If we're talking about low-income families, they may or may not be able to afford a 5G device unless, as Joan talked about, there is some sort of subsidy that allows them to get that sort of device, not just for education purposes, but as you may be aware, the Internet is essential to life. You cannot register for a COVID-19 vaccine appointment electronically if you don't have access to the Internet. You cannot fill out the forms, as Joan talked about, for SNAP or temporary assistance, TANF, if you don't have access to the Internet. You cannot check on local transportation schedules or weather issues if you do not have access to the Internet. And while many folks use their smartphones for that particular, those particular sorts of uses, a smartphone is a smaller footprint, a smaller screen. It's very difficult to get access to everything that you need strictly by using a smartphone. So part of the digital inclusion initiative is to ensure that communities take up the activities necessary to ensure that all individuals and every community in a specific area, including the most disadvantaged, have access to and use of information and communication technologies. And that as we talked about earlier, would include the distribution of the hard technologies as well as the digital literacy alliance. Uh, we have come to strongly believe that the Internet is an essential part of life. And if parts of our community do not have access to the Internet, then they cannot take advantage of all of the benefits of living in this community that we have just described. So we are hopeful that as a community organization, we can join with county organizations to effectively lobby and present these issues and some of the lessons that we have learned so that as we look down the road here, we might have a solution that is what we might call a blended solution. It's probably not realistic to run wire to everybody's house, but it is realistic to say that we can take use of innovative technology solutions to provide people with hotspots or perhaps to provide local um, what is called lift zones, places where they can get reasonable access to high-speed internet. And also what we're talking about here is not just minimal internet access, but high-speed internet access so they can do all of the things that the internet affords. Thank you for inviting us. Um, we're, we're passionate about it, mainly because we feel like it's going to help everyone reach their potential. You know, you want to give the tools to people to continue to grow and develop. Um, the one thing I'm very sensitive about is language, and that a lot of our clients do not speak English. And my hope in all of this too is that technology will always have the alternative that you can translate it into your language, and that you have that access to that literacy. You know, it's one thing to uh, be learning English, it's another thing to have to read something in English if it can be translated, that would be helpful. 
so there's a lot of different facets to this to make it equitable. But I think uh, we're on the road and we're going to stay with it, huh, Jim? Until we until we have too much gray hair or no hair. <laughs> the train is running at high speed. <laughs> That's right. I do want to go back to Joan. You had spoken a little bit about the timeline and the school districts originally being on a five-year plan for this. And now with COVID and some of the other issues that have been brought to light over the last year, that this is more of an urgent issue. Do you have a specific timeline timeline in mind, or, or are you just looking to get this done as soon as possible, along with as effective as possible? She answered it. She just answered. Um, yeah, the, the school is saying that we can't be on that five-year plan anymore. We have to be pushing it up to now. To talk about it now and as fast as we can and it's going to be uh, the temporary patching is needs to continue to happen we were happy to see some of the programs that started out to say they were going to be here till the end of the year have been extended until the end of the school year so that's been great so the cost of using the internet has extended so we continue to put out requests to uh, our funders the states and they are hearing it they're hearing that, that need funding for that right now until we can get something more substantial in place. So I think we're going to be kind of crying out to our legislators quite a bit for the temporary solutions while we're working on the longer term solutions. It takes time to install cable. It takes time to do this assessment. You know, it's going to, but we're on the right track rather than just saying, let's take care of the problem now and forget about the future. First of all, I want to say that it's really great that we have people who are rooted in the community, like you and Jim, um, who are advocating for something like this, and that there's such a concentrated effort on this right now. Um, have you experienced any, in this process, any, um, like, in terms of the problems or pushback from maybe, like, private companies um, or even, like, government officials, anything like that? Not at this point. Um we feel that we're working with the providers. We would like to ask them to do more. So we're going to be asking more requests. I think the legislators are just starting to say they're going to get their feet really into this. You know, So at this point, I would say no. Um, what I think is that people don't really understand how serious it is. You know, we've got so many other issues that have been presenting to our legislators this past year with COVID being number one. But in the long run, I mean, they know that this is a social justice issue. Well, thank you so much. You both have been so informative, and you can really hear your passion come through when you speak about it. So thanks so much for tuning in. Join us next time as we go more in-depth into MCAC's programs. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.